Okay, we are doing Daf Lamedvav, starting just a couple of lines down, where the Gemara says, Kasha de Rebiosi, de Rebiosi. So let's just make sure we have uh, the background information here. We had a dispute between Rebbe Meir and Rebiosi uh, regarding what happens if there's a Suffolk Erev. So how do you have a situation of a Suffolk Erev? So you can have it uh, because we, we know that as soon as the Erev takes effect with the onset of Shabbos, it doesn't matter what happens to the Erev later on. Uh, after Shabbos already began, once Shabbos began, the Erev already took effect, everything's good. The, but the only problem would be if something happened to the Erev before Shabbos, uh, before Shabbos began, then there would be a problem. So if you had a suffix, what would it then be? So Rabbi Meir says that we have to be stringent, and uh, Rabbi Yossi says we could be lenient. And the Gemara seemed to be saying, the, the simple idea to understand Rabbi Yossi is that it's a suffix lakula. After all, it's a drabanan. Tchumen is only a drabanan. So you're good to go. Since it's a suffix, we're able to be lenient. The problem is that we had a case of a person who had a tumma that was only midrabanan. The source of the tumma was only midrabanan. And yet, Rabbi Yossi was saying, if it's a suffix, if he went to the mikvah, we have to be stringent. So that's also a suffix drabanan. And yet, Rabbi Yossi was being stringent. So the Gemara asked, Kasha, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi, we have a contradiction about Rabbi Yossi, how he rules if, uh, if there is a suffix. By ear of Rabbi Yossi, he's lenient. By tumma, he's machmer. So the Gemara answers, shani tumma is different. Because this particular type of tumma may have only been drabanan, but there are types of tumma which are daraisa. So therefore, in order to uh, support the strength of when tumma is daraisa, the rabbanan say even when the tumma is only midrabanan, we still treat it with the stringency that when it's suffix, it's aser. However, tumin is not like that. Tumin, the whole concept of tumin is only drabanan. So since the whole concept is drabanan, we could be lenient. So the Mars says, well, maybe tumma is drabanan, but Shabbos not midaraisa. The Gemara still says it's not true. The Gemara assumes that the laws of Tumen on Shabbos should have a source that's from the Torah. So, like we mentioned, Rabbi Meir holds like that, that Tumen may have some sort of source that's from the Torah. So the Gemara trying to understand, uh, is it true that Rabbi Yossi disagrees with that? And the Gemara says, yes, because some Rabbi Yossi, Tumen, Darabana, Rabbi Yossi holds Tumen, are totally Darabana. So now everything makes sense. Tumen has absolutely no source from the Torah. It's totally, totally Darabana. And so Mavela, we say that when you get to a Suffolk, you're allowed to be lenient. Mashenkin, when you're talking about Tumah, Tumah in general definitely is a Daraisa. So even when you get to a particular scenario where the Tumah is only Midrabanon, we still treat it with astringency and say, Suffolk, we should be Mach. Says the Gemara, you might say, another answer. Really now, Rabbi Yossi may hold that Tumah is Midrabanon. Still, we could say Hadiday, the din that he was talking about by Tefillah was his own opinion, and where Machmer, even by Darabanon's Hadar Rabbi, whereas Rabbi Yossi's school in our Mishnah, where he said the Suffolk Erev is good, is only something that he was seeing over from his Rebbe, who was Makal even on a Daraisa. But it wasn't his personal opinion. Rabbi Yossi's personal opinion is actually that you're supposed to be Machmer and Sveikos even on Darabanon's. This, this big Kula and Erev that he said Suffolk Erev Kasher, that was only in the name of his Rebbe. Deganami, you can see that it was in his own opinion, that he was only saying it from his Rebbe, because the Lashon of the Mishnah is, Amar Rabbi Yossi, Avtumas Heid, Milchamishim Zakinim, Avtumas said in the name of Rabbi Yossi, which says Suffolk Erev Kasher, Suffolk Erev is good. So clearly it's not saying, it's not Rabbi Yossi's personal opinion, it's something that he's saying from his Rebbe, and the Gemara says, Shmamina. So that's the second answer of the Gemara, why it's not a steer, we be, instead of saying it's a contradiction of Rabbi Yossi, we say one of them was said from his Rebbe. Rava Amar Rava has a third answer to the steer of Adas Rabbi Yossi. Again, the question is, by Suffolk Erev Rabbi Yossi saying good, by the Suffolk of Atumad Rabbanan Rabbi Yossi saying no good. Rava Amar Hasman Atumad Rabbi Yossi, by Rabbi Yossi in the case of the Tefillah, the reason why we can't be lenient is Hamid Tamal Chazkos There's a Chazaka. We know that the person was Tameh. So maybe it was only a Tumad Rabbanan, but we know that he had the Tumad Rabbanan. The question is if the Tumad went away. So the status quo is that it's no good until you prove otherwise. That's why when you get to the Suffolk, whether or not the, the Tefillah was good, we have to be stringent. So the Gemara, and, and Masha'inkin over here by, um, 
by our Mishnah, let's try to understand this. Rashi explains there's actually two chazakas here that conflict each other. On the one hand, what was your, what's the status quo of your tzchum? Before you make an Arab, the status quo of your tzchum is that it's just going to be 2,000 amas from your house. So trying to make an Arab is going against that chazaka. Okay, but on the other hand, if let's say you have a suffix, if the food became tame, became tame after Shabbos or not, that already began, so the chazaka is that it's good. So the two chazakas are, are conflicting. They're offsetting each other. One is saying that the Erev is good. One is saying that the Erev is no good. So Yossi says, Suffolk Lakula, everything's good. Masha'in Kane, in the case of the tefillah, there you, you don't have any chazakas that are offsetting each other. You just have a suffolk and one chazaka saying that the person we know was Tomei. So if you have a suffolk, if he became pure, you have to assume that he did not. So the Gemara says, no, why don't you say there, there also is an offsetting chazaka adraba. Just the opposite, haman mikvah chazaka Presumably the suffolk is, you know, did the mikvah have the requisite shear? So if the suffolk gives, if the mikvah had the requisite shear, we should say that there's a chazaka. We know it used to. So now you're not sure if the water, uh, the level of the water re- was reduced. So we should assume it's still good because the status quo is that the, um, the mikvah is good. So the Gemara says, no, but mikvah shalom ninda. We're talking about a mikvah that was never measured. It was never measured before. So the mikvah itself has no chazaka. It's just a suffix mikvah. It might be good, it might not be good. It was never measured. It's, it's, it's under, it was never determined. Uh, whereas the, the, all the type of chazaka is, is the chazaka that the person has, and he for sure was telling me, that's the status quo. You want to know, did anything change? So all you have is the one chazaka saying he's no good. So, so Rabbi Yossi says that we have to be machmer. In our mission, we have the conflicting chazakas. On the one hand, you have the chazaka that the person is by, has the tchum of his house, and he's trying to uproot that to use the other tchum. So we should say it's no good. On the other hand, we have the upsetting chazaka. You're not sure if something went bad to the food. The chazaka is that it was tar. So we should assume it, we should assume that it's still tar. So that says that it is good. So Safik Lakula, that is Rabbi Yossi's opinion. Now the Gemara clarifies more. About Safik Eros, like Rabbi Yossi. Tanya says in a price case that I'm Rabbi Yossi, Safik Eros, Kasher. In what case is, what scenario is Rabbi Yossi say Safik Eros is good? Eros, but Truma, somebody makes an Eros with Truma. Safik, my Dom, Nitz, Mays, Safik, it's a Safik when it became Tame. Did it become Tame? Well, it was still Friday, so therefore the Eros is no good. Or maybe it only became Tame after Shabbos already began, so therefore it is good. Or if I think Paris, we could say the same thing if somebody is using Paris. And it seems like in the beginning we're assuming that the, uh, that the fruits here were tevel, so they're not co- they weren't good. But then something about Yom Nisgun, it's a suffix if they were if they were fixed before before Shabbos began, if they were fixed, meaning that they were tithed and they lost the tevel status. If that happened before Shabbos began, something or it's a suffix if it happened after Shabbos began, in which case the Arab is no good. In both of those two cases, that was suffix Arab Kasher. That's what Abiosi meant when he said it's a suffix Arab and it's good. Um, in the, both of those cases, you're allowed you're allowed to be lenient. And actually, the fr- the second case is very hard to understand because there the status quo is that it's no good, right? You're trying to say it was Tevel fruits and that maybe they were fixed. There, the status quo is against that. So the Gemara is going to analyze that because remember, whenever you're dealing with a Suffolk Arab, you always have the Chazaka, the person. The status quo is that there's no Arab. The Chazaka, the status quo is that his Arab is just from his house. So you have to offset that with the conflicting Chazaka of the food in order to say Suffolk Lukula. So in the first case, it's good. It's a suffix if the truma became tummy. So the chazaka is the food is good. But in the second case here, where it was tevel, the suffix is whether or not they were fixed if somebody tied them. That's a little bit harder to understand. So the Gemara is going to analyze that. Okay. Um, that is the first part of the price. Avil, the price of contrast, that ear with truma. Someone's making an ear with truma. It's a suffix whether it was tar or was tummy at the time that he put. It's a suffix of what the truma was before it was put. So there's no chazaka bachlau to rely on. The chim or with fruit, suffix is something is going to doubt if they were fixed. Or not, 
uh, it's a suffix, it's a suffix whether, whether or not they're tevil. So here there was never a good chazaka. He says, suffix here in Kasha, this is not a case where Rabbi Yossi would be lenient because there was no chazaka before that says that it's good. So the Gemara now analyzes what's going on. My Shana Truma, what's different about the case of Truma, which was Tahar, and then what happened? It's a suffix of being Tame. So they were Mekel Da'amer. Why do you say So You say the Truma should have a chazaka, and you can claim that it was still Tahar. When Shabbos began, so the air is good. So Peros Nami, so in the case of the fruits also, what, what, instead of saying it's good, Misafik, we should say, just the opposite. It's a Chazaka that it's still Tevel. The alone is going to, we should assume it's no good. So in the second case of the bride, so why is Rabbi Yossi being lenient? If I had for sure Tevel fruits, and the Suffolk is maybe they got fixed, so we should say that the Chazaka is that they're no good, and therefore it should not be a good error. So the Gemara concedes that. You're right. If the case was Suffolk Tevel fruits, if they got fixed, we would be machmer, and we would say that it's no good. But what actually was the price supposed to say? It made a mistake. There's actually a mistake in the gear. So really low time of something this. It shouldn't say it's a subject if they were fixed while it was still dead. In that case, actually, it would not be good. Ela ema, rather, the gears should be It was fruits that already were tied. They weren't tabled. They were kosher. And it's a suffix. Then more tevel fall in to make it dimua. Dimua is when I already have tied things where now trade things fall in. And the suffix is, did that occur, which now makes it inedible. Did that occur before Shabbos to mess it up? Or did it occur after Shabbos already began so it's already valid? That's the correct gear sign. Now it's good because the chazaka there is now that everything is kosher because the last status quo is that they were already tithed and that there was no problem. So when the something occurs, we go basa chazaka and we assume that everything is still okay. So the bottom line is now we understand Rabiosi's opinion with a lot greater clarity. Rabiosi's opinion, something here of kosher, is based off the idea that as long as it's going to be offsetting chazaka, so you could be miko. Uh, Suffolk Lukula, especially if Tchumen is Darabonet. So that all sending Chazakas are, on the one hand, the person has a Chazaka that his last established, you know, residence was his house, not the new Arab. On the other hand, if something, the last status quo in the fruits is that they were kosher, then if there's something is, that something changed about the status of the fruits, then we're going to assume that it did not change, the fruits are still good, and therefore the Arab would still be good. Continues the Gemara with a Shailah. Bye, Rav Shmuel, bye, Rav Shmuel, bye, Let's say someone has two different loaves of trimmer. One's tummy and tar. The problem is you don't know which loaf is which. But Amar, so he puts them both together by the tzvam. And he says, listen, I don't know which one is good, but whichever one is kosher, whichever one is, is the edible food, that one should be my ear. Mahu, what's the halacha? And then he put them both there. Is it good? I could say that it's for sure good because there's for sure kosher food. On the other hand, I could say it's for sure no good because I can't eat it practically. So this question can be wondered according to Rabbi Meir and according to Rabbi Yossi. You can wonder according to Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir holds Suffolk Arab is no good because I got like Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir only said Suffolk Arab is no good the Lake of Tahora because it's a suffix. There's no definite tar food. There may have, the food may have become may have become become tame before Shabbos began. But in our case, with the two loaves, one of them for sure is good. So maybe even Rameir would agree that it's good. Odoma, we could say the exact opposite. A Even Rabiosi only said that suffix only he only said in the case in the Mishnah that it's good. If the trimmer is tar, he knows which one it is. Meaning you don't know if you're allowed to eat it. But it's theoretically fit to become your Shabbos meal if you would get if you would get uh, clarity whether or not it's good. So it's a suffix. But here you don't know which one is the meal. So it's an interesting svar. The Gemara is saying it's a little bit difficult to uh, to, to understand the svar. But the svar is if there's only one loaf and you're not sure what it is. Okay, so it's a suffix. But you know what the meal is. If if 
if this is tar, this is my this is my this is my ear. So Suffolk ear of kosher. Mashank in here, one of them is for sure tar, one of them is for sure tar. You don't know which one. So the Pshad is you don't know which one is your ear. So you don't know where the ear of is. So in that scenario, then um Rabiosi may not necessarily say that it's good. So that's the doubt. So Amale Rafuna answers both according to both opinions, it's not gonna be good. It's not a valid, it's not at all good. Why? You have to have that the, the meal is fit to eat before before but while it's still day, before Shabbos began. And here you don't know which one is Tame. So you're practically you're not gonna be able to eat either one. So since at the time that you put it down it's no good, so it's for sure not kosher. So it's very hard to understand the Gemara is saying now that even according to Everybody, even according to Rabbi Yossi, this is a case where it's uh, where it's where it's not a sudaruah mivodiyom. No matter what, you have to have a, a food which which is suitable to eat from before or from before Shabbos. Then you can use it as an era. But this isn't considered to be a sudaruah mivodiyom. And it's like food that's unsuitable to be eaten on Friday. You definitely can't use. So what does the Gemara say exactly? Why is that different than the Suffolk Erev in the Mishnah? The Suffolk Erev in the Mishnah also you couldn't eat it. What's what's really what's really the difference? So Rashi explains a very interesting thing. In our Mishnah, at the time you making the Erev, when you put the fruit down, it was kosher. Everything was good. Just subsequently, it's a suffix. Did it become disqualified by becoming Tameh? So when Shabbos began, it's a suffix whether the Erev was Chal. Okay, so there Rabbi Yossi is Meiko, suffix Lakula. But here it's different. Here, from the very outset, when you're going to make your Erev, you don't have any food that you can eat. Because since you have two loaves here, one's Tameh, one's Tar, you don't know which one is itch. So practically, when you go to put down the bread, for sure, nothing is good because you practically can't eat anything, so it's, it doesn't work. You're not making an air of baklau. In order to make an air of the rudimentary point, the Gemara is saying to make an air of you have to have a food that you could eat right now, and I'm putting down the shame air for Shabbos. So if I have the two loaves, I can't eat either one because I don't know which one is which, so I'm not putting down an air of baklau. Masha'inkin in our Mishnah, I put down food that's kosher. Then it's a suffix if something happens to it that messed it up at the time Shabbos came. So there we say, you put down an Erev. It's a suffix if the Erev is kosher. So what a lumdash of piece of Gemara here. So the bottom line is, the Gemara is coming out with our Shaila of the two loaves. Then no matter how you hold Rameir, Rabiosi, everybody's going to agree this is no good because the key takeaway here, the key point, is that you have to take food that you could practically eat and put it down the same Erev. If practically you wouldn't be able to eat the, the, these loaves, even the tar one, because you don't know which one it is, then it's not a type of food that you can use to make an Erev. And there's not even a doubt. It's not even a Suffolk Erev that's kosher. And that case is different than all the cases that we've been looking at where you're putting down food that's good, just it's a Suffolk if something messed it up at the time Shabbos came. Says the Gemara, new question. Someone says, if this loaf of bread, today, I'm not making it holy, right? A person always has the power to consecrate a loaf of bread. You can make something kodesh. So he says, this loaf of bread, today, I'm not consecrated. It's not consecrated. But tomorrow, once Shabbos starts, it should become kodesh. I mean, he's being makdashit, and then it will become azerbandah, and you're not going to be allowed to use it as an error. So he's using bread, which when Shabbos begins, is going to become holy. But right now, on Friday, it's not holy. So... Mahu, what's the halacha? Really he says, let's make an air with this loaf of bread. What's the halacha? So Pashtas, the shaila is like, what's the das of the person? What's his intent? Do we say he wants it to become right at the second that Shabbos uh, takes effect according to halacha? So right in the beginning, so right in the beginning of Benash Mashos, then it would be chal, and uh, and therefore it shouldn't it shouldn't it shouldn't work. Or maybe we say 
that he's not trying for it to become Kodesh. He doesn't want his vow to go into effect until it's already certainly Shabbos. It's already Vada'i Laila, in which case, during Ben Hashemashos, we still view it as being unconsecrated, and therefore the Erev could go into effect. So that's for the posture of the Gemara's question. When I say today it's unconsecrated, but when Shabbos starts, it should become holy. What do I mean when Shabbos starts? Do I mean from the very outset, the doubt of Shabbos, the beginning of Ben Hashemashos, it should already be holy, so therefore the Erev is not going to be good? Or do I say that he only means once it's definitely Shabbos, once it's definitely nightfall, then it should become holy, and therefore the air of would, in fact, um, be good, because the air of will go, in fact, during Benash Masha. So Amalei Rav Nachman answered, Rav Nachman said that the air of, uh, of would be good. But then Rav had a second question, Let's say he said, today on Friday, the loaf should be Kodesh, and tomorrow, when Shabbos begins, the holiness should come off. In other words, meaning it should be automatically redeemed onto some money that I have in my possession, automatically. So, He's saying that it's going to become deconsecrated once Shabbos begins. He says, let's use the air with this loaf. The loaf that's going to become usable, it's going to become uh, unconsecrated only once Shabbos begins. Mahu, what's the halacha there? So Amalei, Rav Nachman said, in Eruvah era. So Rav Nachman saying that the halacha air, there is that the Eruv is, is no good. It's not considered to be good. So the Gemara says, what's the difference between the two cases? In the first case, where it's becoming Kodesh, uh, it's becoming Kodesh only one Shabbos begins. There we said that the Erev is good. In this case, where it's becoming uh, where it's becoming non-Kodesh one Shabbos begins, we say it's not a good Erev. So the Gemara says, what's the difference between them? So And, and the, the reason the Gemara is struggling so much to understand the difference is because Rava's understanding is that it's all about the Das. So we should assume that the Das should be the same in both cases. Just you want... The same way in the first case, you will only want the the what you, the hektish to go into effect once it's definitely night, and that's why we're saying the erev could be good. So Pash this year, um, you would assume that he wants it to go off while it's still definitely day, and therefore the erev should be good. That's why the gemara is struggling to understand what's the difference in these two cases. So the gemara says, says, I'm only going to answer you when uh, you, you 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 pay me. I'm not just answering your questions easily. This isn't a common like expression here in the Gemara. When you measure out some salt, I'll answer your question. And he explained like this. In the case where I say today it's not Kodesh and tomorrow it is, there the air is good. Why? Because Kedusha doesn't go when it's only in doubt. In other words, we don't really know what it meant. So now it comes Ben Ashmashos. We don't really know if it's Kodesh or not. So now it's a suffix if the Erev is good. So the prior Chazaka is going to say that it's good because it hasn't yet become holy, Misafik. Until now, it wasn't holy. And when Shabbos begins, it's going to become holy. We don't know if Shabbos has begun. It's Ben Ashmashos. So therefore, we say Misafik. The food is good. The food is not yet Hektish, and therefore it's a good Erev. However, when today it's holy, and just when Shabbos begins, it's going to lose the holiness, then the Erev is no good, because the Kedusha doesn't come off Misafik. There, the status quo is that it is holy, and therefore unsuitable for Erev. The question just is, when Shabbos begins, will it lose its Kedusha? So during Ben Hashemashos, when we need the Erev to be Chal, we're not going to assume that the Kedusha came off, and therefore it's not suitable. So that's the bottom line. If it's going to be a case where it's going to become Kodesh on Shabbos, we're going to say it is suitable for, for Erev, but it's in a case where now it's Kodesh and it's going to become unconsecrated. Once Shabbos begins, we say it's not usable for the Erev. Okay, tonight also we learned in a mission, let's say you have a picture. Uh, that, that that has a tfulyom status. So what's a tfulyom? Things after he went to the mikvah, there are certain remains of the tumah. Until nightfall, they become totally tar. 
Okay, like so for truma, you're not supposed to use with a tefillah. So you have a pitcher that has a tefillah pitcher. If someone fills it up with wine from a barrel of meiser, which is still tefillah, meaning that the meiser still didn't have his truma's meiser taken off, so it's still still forbidden. But Amar and he says on Friday, He says on Friday, this wine should become truma's meiser only after after it gets dark. So he's saying that the truma's meiser should be chal only once darkness comes. So. And the reason he, he's doing this is because he doesn't want to cut uh, a say truma now because then it's going to automatically become tummy because the barrel is still full yom. So he only wants to designate the truma here in the inside of the miser to go into effect after nightfall when it uh, the barrel won't contaminate it. So Tvarav Kayyam, his words, his words work. It's a good idea. The designation will go into effect only once darkness sets in. Then it won't be a problem of any tumma issue. And uh, and the and the truma will be chal after night. And if he said, and let's use this as as as, as an Erev, lo, Amar Kulam. He hasn't said anything. The Erev is no good. Why is the Erev no good? Because it was still considered Tevel during Benesh Mashas. It's only going to lose its Tevel status once it becomes Lila, Vada Lila. And uh, that's too late for the Erev to go into effect. The Erev should go into effect already right in the beginning of Benesh Mashas. So Amar Rava, so again, let's make sure we understand this. Right now, it's not usable. It's Tevel. The idea is you, you're, you're setting into effect that when nightfall comes, the truma is going to be chal. You don't want to make a truma now because the barrel is the barrels a tefillion barrel, which you don't, you don't want to automatically contaminate the truma. So when it becomes nightfall, the truma is going to go into effect. And um, we're saying that, that, but right now it's not good food. So we're saying if you try to use it for Erev, it's no good. So what's the taich? It must be. We see the end of the day, the end of Friday is when the Erev is chal. Meaning the Erev is chal right at the first onset, the end of Friday, right at the first onset of Inesh Marshall's has to be chal. And it's still treated tevel until nightfall. It's only treated to be fixed up once nightfall comes. So therefore, at the moment that the Erev is coming to be chal, it's still tevel, it's unsuitable. And that's why it's not going to work. The east out of the because if you would think the other way that that it's only the beginning of the day, only Friday night, the end of Benashmash is when the Arab takes effect. So if he wants to use it for his Arab, why doesn't it work? The first second that Shabbos begins, the first second of Vade nightfall, it's going to become Truma. And at that at that same moment is when the moment of the Arab is trying to be Chal, so it should have worked. At the moment that the Arab is trying to be Chal, in the beginning of Shabbos, the Vade the Vade nightfall time, then it's actually good. And this is what the Gemara is finally touching on. Like the real issue is when is the Chalais of the Erev? Is it in the beginning of Ben Ashmashas or the end of Ben Ashmashas? So the Gemara is trying to say, you see from here, it's the onset, the right at the end of Friday, not the beginning of nightfall. And now we can understand if it's only going to become suitable food once nightfall sets in, now we can understand why it cannot, uh, it can't be used. So the Gemara says, no, Amar Papa, our Papa refutes this, uh, this, this sense of argument. Amar Papa, even if you say, that is the very beginning of when the air goes into effect. But you know, I'm sorry, the very beginning of the day, meaning the end of Benash Mashras when it goes into effect, but still it's no good. Why? Because we can't forget about that. When you put the make the air of it has to be food that's suitable. So since when the time you're making the air on Friday, even though it's it's chal, it's going into effect, only one Shabbos begins. But at the time that you're making the air of that you're establishing, you're saying this should be my residence for Shabbos, it's tevel. So you're not dealing with something you're not dealing with something that right now is a suda that is ruyum yom. It's not you're not dealing with something that's suitable meal at the time you're putting it down. Therefore, it's not a good eruv. Even if at the time of the chalais of the eruv in the beginning of Friday night, it actually would be kosher. It still can't work because at the time that you put down the eruv, when it's being placed down, when it's being made on Friday, it has to be done with suitable food. It doesn't help that at the time that the eruv was going to go into effect, it will become uh, suitable. If at the time that you're placing it down now, it is not suitable. Okay, so now we're going to uh, 
discuss uh, the, the, the next issue here in the Mishnah is a very interesting sugi. It's called the sugi of Brera. Brera means when a person is, has das based upon a future uh, future event or a future das or a future kind of stipulation. And we're going to see many different cases uh, that come up with that with the of Tukhumen. So, Mas Naldamaliru, here a person is making a condition with his heir. So he's making two heirs. Now, obviously, you can't have two, you, can't, you can only live in one place. You can't live in two places. So, when you're going to make two heirs, you're making a stipulation. You're saying, if X, Y, and Z happens, this is my place of residence, and then I can go 2,000 armor from there. And if not, then I can give uh, a different place of residence and go 2,000 amma from there. So a person wants to put down two a roof in one 2,000 amma, let's say, east of where he is, one 2,000 amma, west of where he is. And he says, If the claim come from the east, or presumably he wants to run away, so my ear is to the west, because I run to one. If they come from the west, then my ear is to the east, because I run to run the other way. If they come both directions, then I want to choose. Then my ear should be the one that I choose on Shabbos. So this is a fascinating thing. And uh, and Lobo, if they don't come from either place, then I want it just my, my, my residence to be where I am now and not be with either one of my friends. So this is really Brera because your your decision now is that your Das is depending on what I'm going to think later. Based upon my future Das, that will impact what my Das is now. I need to be Kona Shvisa before Shabbos begins. I'm being Kona now dependent upon what my Das will be later. So that's called Brera, very lumdisha thing. And it seems like our Mishnah holds that Brera is valid. It's considered that you have a real Din Das now, even though it is not completed until your later Das comes along and clarifies what it is. Now we give another example here where there's someone, a Tom Chacham, who's going to come give a lecture on Shabbos you don't know where. So, again, he puts down the Arab. He says, if the Tom Chacham is coming from the east and I want to go to the Shear, then my Arab is to the east. When I'm is coming from the west, I want the Arab to be in the west. If he comes in both directions, then I want to have the right to choose which one I want to go to. If he doesn't come at all, then I just want to remain like uh, in my regular residence. Rabbi Yudah, my Rabbi Yudah says, so that's all if it's just two random, you know, like guest lectures. But if, let's say one of them was his known to be his teacher, then he should just go to where the teacher is. Because that's the assumed that that's really where his das was. So let's say both of them were his teachers, then then he goes to whichever place he chooses. Okay. So the, we had just uh, the first thing that is like more of like a technical issue. We said that with the Goyim, you're always going to the opposite direction. And when the Tamachacham, you're always going to the direction of the Tamachacham. So the Gemara says, Ki Yasser, Yisra, Yisra came from Eretz He had the Mishnah on the opposite, meaning that by Goyim, the valid Erev is the one that's get, letting you go to the Goyim. Like it's saying, if the Goyim come from the West, I want the Erev from the West. And by the and by the the, the, the it was the exact opposite. It's it, saying if he comes from the west, then I want my Arab to be in the east. He's like running away from the Tamachacham. So the Gemara says, what's going on? There's a double contradiction. There's a contradiction about if in terms of whether or not the case is that he's running away from the Nachman, and there's a contradiction about whether or not he's going to the Chacham or running away. So the Gemara clarifies. The case of the guy, I mean, it's not a question. Here where it takes where the, the Rashi explains these people used to like. Um, he owes them money, he owes the government money or something like that. So it's a question of, of like tax evasion. And uh, he's scared of what they're going to do to him. So he wants to run away. That's our Mishnah. And Hava uh, Maridamata, whereas the case of Rabbi Yitzchak, where you're trying to go to the game is where there's some prominent official, some politician coming that you actually want to have a conversation with him. So then, in that case, you're trying to go to, let's say there's a political rally. You want to go to the rally. It's also not a contradiction about whether or not you want to go to the Tamachacham or not. The most of Turkey. The case of our mission is that someone's giving a real shear. So if he's giving a shear, you're trying to go to the shear. Whereas the other Bryce, the Bryce is talking about where there's a, 
whether it's a scholar is talking about that we're talking about someone who's uh, who's just teaching kids how to daven. So why are you trying to go the other way? What does that mean? Okay, I get it. You might not want to, you have no interest in the guy who's just teaching the kids how to daven, but why are you running away? So as she explains, the idea is that there was, you knew there was going to come in one from the two directions. One was going to be the teacher of the kids, and one was going to be the teacher of adults. So what the mission, what Rabbi Yitzhak suggests in the mission was saying is that if the teacher of the kids is in the east, then my ear should be from the west. So you're just like referring to the, the, where the Chacham, meaning the way the kid teacher is going to be, as the opposite place that you want to be, because you want to be in the opposite place where the uh, where the adult lecture is taking place. Rabbi Yehuda said that if, if one of the, the teachers is a Chacham, then you automatically are there. And why do they argue on him? Because even though a person may have a set teacher, but there are times that you might want to hear one of his colleagues more than your own teacher, right? That's just the, the way human nature sometimes is. is you, want, you want to change it up. So just because one of them is his teacher, that doesn't automatically mean that that's assumed the one that he wants. Okay. Very good. Amar Rav. Lisa Masnison. What our Mishnah said, B'Shem Rabbi Yehuda, is not right. In other words, our Mishnah seems to assume Rabbi Yehuda that we accept the validity of Pereira, that uh, you have the right to choose about which which area is going to be good, depending upon the future das, <coughs> the future events, and where the Chacham is. But this is not true, because Ayo came along with a Brisa. Ayo taught a Brisa. What's Ayo's Brisa? It's only Ayo. It says in Ayo's Brisa, Yehuda Omer, he quotes Rabbi Yehuda, In Adam a person cannot make conditions about two different things at the same time. You can't put out two errors and decide which one in the future is going to be your error. Only in the case it works. If you said that if the, the scholar is in the east, then my ear is the east. And if the scholar is in the west, the ear is in the west. In that case, it's good. But if you say to both places that you want to go whichever place you want to choose, that case is no good. So first, the Gemara just analyzes what, what's going on. What, what does that line mean? If, let's say, I put out two airs in both directions and I say I want to go wherever I decide, why is that no good to Ein Brer? Because I view the holds, Ein Brer, meaning my Das now is not considered Mukhlat. It's not considered real effective Das if it depends on what I'm going to decide later. So if that's why it doesn't work, then the same things. If you stipulate that if the scholar is coming from the Mizrach, the Arabs to, 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 to the east, and the scholar is coming from the west, the Arabs to the west, the Arabs shouldn't be good because that also requires Brera. And the Zagmar is assuming the Chachamiyat isn't here. So it's going to depend where the, it depends on the future event of where the Chacham comes. That's going to determine whether or not your Das is here, whether or not your Das is there. So that also requires Brera. That's very important to understand the concept. Your decision now where your Erev is, is based upon the future occurrence. If the Chacham will then on Shabbos come to the east, then my Das is to the east. And if it's to the west, then, then, then to the west. So that's also a concept of Brera. So the same way I can't put out two and say, well, the one I want to go to. So, so too, you can't put out two and say, if the Chacham comes here and if the Chacham goes here, what's the difference? So Yochanan explains that that case means that the Chacham's already there, meaning there's two different types of things. Prayer is about the future being uncertain. If the Chacham hasn't yet come, and you're saying, if he will come, or if I will decide, that's where Rabbi Yudah says, Ein Brera, that's ineffective. Your Das now can't depend on the future. That's the concept of Ein Brera, why there's not validity of Das that's depending upon something being worked out at a future time. But when something is worked out right now, you just don't know what it is currently, that doesn't require Brera. That just requires us to find out. So if the, the scholar is already there, either in the East or the West, and you just don't know what the current fact right now, that exists right now, is you can put out both and say if this is the fact that's mine and if that's the fact then the other one's mine because that's not about prayer prayer is about a future impacting what the das is right now <clears throat> but just figuring out what something presently is is not a problem of prayer okay
So bottom line is, now that we understand a little bit what I was saying in the Brisa, we get to the <coughs> conclusion that Rabbi Yehuda in Ayo's Brisa says, we don't accept the validity of a das that's based upon the future. And if you want to put out eras, you better better be clear what the situation is, but it cannot be based upon some future occurrence. So the problem is <coughs> that our Mishnah does not agree to that. And that's why Rav is saying you have to take away the gears of our Mishnah and shouldn't be quoting Rabbi Yehuda because in Ayo's Brisa, we see that Rabbi Yehuda does not accept Reva. So in our Mishnah, we are quoting Rabbi Yehuda that it does work. Rabbi Yehuda was just getting involved, you know, if one of the teachers was his Rebbe, do we assume if both of them was a Rebbe back and forth? But the validity of Reva that seemed like Rebuda agrees to. In the price of Ayo, it seems that Rebuda does not subscribe to Brera. So therefore, we're saying we have to change the Mishnah to make that it's not Reb Yehuda's opinion to follow Brera. So the Gemara now asks, why would we favor Ayo's Brisa over the Mishnah? Adarab, just the opposite. <laughs> why don't we say that we should say Ayo's Brisa is not right because our Mishnah has a different version. If there, Ayo's Brisa says Rebuda says Ambra. Our Mishnah says Rebuda says Yesh So why are we saying our Mishnah is wrong and Ayo's Brisa is right? Maybe we should say just the opposite. So the Gemara explains, because we know from another place that Rebuda holds Ambra. Where do we see it from? We know Rebuda from a third place doesn't hold Ambra. If not, it says in the Mishnah, someone who buys wine from Kusim. So the problem is you need to tithe. But the, you need to tithe, you need to trim some Maestros. But you don't have the right Kalim right now to pour all the Trima and Maestros. So what are you going to do? You need to tithe without actually tithing. So Yomar, he says this false. Shnei Lugin Shani, also the Hafesh, the two Lugin that eventually I'm going to separate in the future, Hare and Trima. They're right now designated as Trima. Asar Maestros, and the ten Lugin, which in the future I'm going to make Maestros, should now be Maestros. Tisha Maestros, Shani, the nine Lugin afterwards will Maestros, Shani, Shani, Maestros, Shani, Mechel. You make a redemption of the Maestros, Shani right away. Or you take coins and say wherever the Maestro Shani is, it's redeemed. You can immediately drink the wine. As long as you leave over how much you need to tithe, and then eventually you go tithe and everything is good. Even though the literal designation, the literal separation didn't happen now, but as long as you said now that the, the eventually the Lugan that I will separate are now Truma, so then it's as long as in the future you go ahead and tithe, and retroactively, right now, that was always the Truma. Now, in order to do that, you need Brera because the validity of the Truma now is based upon the future separation of a specific Pilugan. So you're saying that your Das now is based on the future separation. So if you hold the Yesh Brera, so that's considered a Din Das right now. So it's considered that you've tied and therefore you can drink the wine immediately. Whereas, so that's Rebbe, that's Rebbe Meir. Rebbe Huda, Rebbe Yisrael, Shimon Osram, they all say it's no good because they don't accept Brera. So if they don't accept Brera, so then it turns out that your din das right now is is not considered good enough for the separation of truma because since it's based upon the future of which looking you're going to separate, we don't see that right now you've made a proper tithe. So bottom line is, is that Rabbi Yehuda is one of those opinions that's saying in Brera, and that's why you're not allowed to drink the wine now because you haven't literally made the separation. So if now we get to learning Erevin, and we have a question, is Ayo's Brisa right, where Rabbi Yehuda does not accept Brera, or is our Mishnah right, where Rabbi Yehuda does accept Brera? So we're going to say that Ayo's Brisa is right, our mission is here, so Rebbe Yudah is not right, because in fact, Rebbe Yudah's opinion is that aim Dreira, and therefore you're only able to make one arrow. You can't make two arrows and stipulate based upon the future.